In the 18th century, the sprawling Tate family struck westward from the crowded eastern edge of Virginia toward the Blue Ridge Mountains. This was before the cotton gin, and therefore before the incessant demands for more black men and women to work the cotton fields in the Deep South. So a path to wealth through interstate slave trading was not yet obvious. Ambitious families like the Tates prospered by judging which trail or clearing would become the next road or city. At the fringe of Virginia's settled areas, the many descendants opened land for plantations, claimed town lots, built mills, and stocked supplies for the coming masses. A dozen or so enslaved people might do the hard work for a family, but the profit came from their labor itself, rather than what their bodies would fetch on the market. By the end of the 18th century, the Tates had shouldered their way to the second tier of status in central Virginia, behind the city founders and statesmen. Caleb Tate, T-A-I-T, or Tate, T-A-T-E, as the family was beginning to spell it, had concentrated more than most of his kin on the mercantile business. After his family came west from Louisa County, he sold wares as a young man in New London, Virginia a village that mushroomed into a bustling center for military supplies during the Revolution. Using his older brother Edmund, a captain in the militia, as an agent on the front lines, he profited by sending wagon loads of necessities and luxuries to soldiers. After the war, he expanded beyond landlocked New London a dozen miles northeast of Lynchburg, where prospects seemed better though the community was hardly more than a few buildings clustered near John Lynch's ferry, goods could glide easily between there and Richmond on the broad back of the James River. Trading with the help of his influential brother-in-law, Colonel James Calloway, Caleb invested his profits in crist mills, land, and buildings as the town grew. In 1796, he was about 40 years old and married to the former Nancy Cooper, she and Caleb lived on a plantation along Blackwater Creek near Lynchburg, close to his older brother Edmund, and also near his widowed mother Sarah, who still resided on her late husband's plantation. Caleb and his brother would inherit it when she died. In six years of marriage, Nancy already had borne Caleb four children, Caleb Jr., Netherland, Patrick, and Charles. When she gave birth to a fifth son in the spring of 1796, the new parents needed to decide what to name him. Netherland had been named for his paternal grandmother, Charles for an uncle. Coincidentally, a different Caleb Tate about the same age, perhaps a cousin, lived in Lynchburg, and he also would marry a woman named Anne, nicknamed Nancy, though this other Nancy came from the Whitlock family rather than the Coopers. The name Bacon was peppered throughout the Whitlock clan, prompted by the other Nancy Tate's mother, Fanny Bacon Whitlock, who probably descended from Captain Edmund Bacon of England. All the Tates had a habit of reusing names of uncles, cousins, parents, and grandparents, and from these Whitlock in-laws, or soon-to-be in-laws, Caleb and Nancy chose the first name of their new son, Bacon. Over the next few years, two sisters, Celine and Eloisa, would complete the family. Bacon Tate spent his youth on his father's small plantation, growing up on the outskirts of Lynchburg as the son of a well-known mill owner and landlord. When he reached adulthood, he would break away from his family and move off, never to return. 
but the unique time and place in which he was raised left an indelible mark. Although he spent decades as a slave trader, the conflicting scenes, messages, and arguments about people of color that he was exposed to in his boyhood may have opened his mind enough to allow him the second secret life he would lead forty years later.